Hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast, a show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Marks. Today, it's my pleasure to talk to Dr. Sandeep Singh. Hello, mate. Hello. Sandeep is the founder of DRE Composite. How are you? And what three things make you smile? Oh, straight <laughs> for the juggler, yeah, straight there. away. <laughs> well, I'm all right, Rich, but you know that. Of what course. What things make me smile? It can be anything. Food, oh, family, travel. Oh, I do like food. Dentistry. <laughs> I do like food. I do like fresh food. Yeah. I had some uh, fresh lobster mm. on in an island called Langkawi off of Malaysia recently. Wow. And I'll tell you what, it was 10-10. It was delicious. Oh, my God. Very fresh. Caught that day and all the rest of it. Sounds like a dream. And it was less than 30 quid, which is crazy. Wow. So that put a smile on my face, mate. Definitely. I was like, bring another one. <laughs> bring 10. <laughs> what else? What else? Cheesy one, right? Really cheesy one. But I certainly do enjoy when patients, they leave getting what they wanted, you know? Yeah. You meet their expectations. You, you exceed. You know, you exceed yes, as well. even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's quite cool. And I do like travelling. I like children. Children are quite cool. They're innocent, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's like three Do and you half. have children? I've got two. Wow, yeah, yeah. amazing. Very Bo- cool. Boy and a girl? Or... Boy and a girl, yeah. Wow, perfect. That's it. Got to sit. <laughs> How old are they? Seven and three. Wow. So it's a lot, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, to sure. obviously have kids and um, practice and dentistry and everything. And I always think, like, dentistry is quite an intense profession, so it can be managing, like, or having a family as well, you know. It's like family and practice and patients and things. Sure, it's quite sure. a lot, isn't it? And if you've got pastimes, right? If you've got habits exactly. as well. You've got, exactly. You've got, really, you've got to be like a time manager, right? Yeah, yeah. You've right. just got to make it work. 100%. You've, <laughs> you've just got, got to option, make it right? work. But usually, right, you know, there's an adage I say quite often. I say, you can do anything. Yes. Right? But you can't do everything. Yes, very true. So we've got That's a triage. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Obviously... I was going to talk a little bit about how we know each other um, through colleagues and we went to Rina Wadi's event, obviously. So tell me why and how did you get into dentistry? What made you choose the degree and then what happened kind of postgraduate for you? Well, so um, I don't know if you've uh, interviewed many Indian dentists before, but <laughs> probably like all of them, a lot of pressure from the parents mm. and the family to be a professional and all the rest of it because... Mm-hmm. You know, my family, they came to this country, you know, a long time ago. My mum was born here, but my grandfather and all the rest of it, they worked their ass off. You know, they slogged it and they said, ah, oh, you know, the dream is to have a nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, lo and behold, my grades were all right. You know, got into dentistry and the rest is history, right? But um, a bit of a mixed one for me because then, you know, uni was a... I didn't really enjoy uni. Where where did you... Queen Mary. Or okay. London. Yeah, I went there. But I didn't really love it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. It was so... Um, so rigid and, yes. and I'm quite I'm not gonna say I'm a rebel but I was a little bit rebellious right mm, mm. and so all of that kind of um was a bit tricky but um how I got through that actually I was in the uh, army reserves mm. and so that was like a real joy right because I was always a physical guy mm. always enjoyed exercise I was rubbish at running but then you know guess what they make you good at running right? <laughs> you got no choice yeah you got no choice so then you know I'd be doing uni and then I'd be running off to the unit you know any chance I got and you know you spend weekends you go away you do lots of fun stuff you know, you do, you know, you're shooting rifles, you're jumping out of airplanes, you do climbing Mount Snow. Then, you know, guys did more luxury and uh, glamorous things than me. Mm. But it was enough. It was happy. It was happy days. I liked the team, the camaraderie and all the rest of it, you know. Mm. I do think, like, with university, and you'll know this from being there, and, you know, obviously I went to um, Guys, which is part of King's College London, that they have this idea of turning out dentists and they want to mould you into this one way of being but 
we're human people, you sure. know. And they don't. There's no real room for individualism until you obviously graduate. I I think that's one thing that they could definitely work on more in dental university is like allowing people to flourish as individuals rather than be automatons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, sure. But at the same time, right, you know, again, what we were talking about before, they can do all these things or they can produce good dentists, right? And that's yes. probably all they care about, right? That's their objective. Of course, of course. It's but... a bit military, but that is their objective, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think, you know, my dental university was really good and um, but I I do think that they've got things to learn as well. Sure. Ain't we all? Ain't we all? <laughs> Obviously. So tell us about the DRE Composite course and how did you start that and, and you know, what does it entail? And yeah. Well, it's a, it's a very interesting story, right? So I've told this story a few times, but I mean, I'll tell it again just for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was... Um, Again, like, so now I've graduated and then, you know, I've gone, I've, I've been in a few mixed practices and then, you know, you're in the NHS and you're doing all these UDAs and I started it's looking like at my hamster life. Wheel. Oh, God, I started questioning <laughs> life itself, you know, and um, funny enough, imagine, right, during my whole army time, I, w- I was never a drinker. Mm. I was never like a party boy or anything mm. like that. I was just really into my training. Of course, and of just... course. With that, you've got to be. Well, yeah, well, I mean, my friends certainly did. I mean, they, ah. they you know, they'd be drunk a lot, right? But I just, I just never got into it. It just never was my thing, right? I just really was disciplined at that. Point. But then as soon as I graduated and the army was out of my life now, yeah, I hit the bottle pretty hard. Mm. I was partying regularly, mm. you know, and then you're chasing these superfluous things like, you know, people saying, oh, he's so handsome. Oh, he's got a lovely car. You know, all this rubbish materialistic yeah. stuff. Right? But external that really got to my things. head as well. Yeah, exactly. External. And I was just running away from dentistry, really. I was mm. doing Monday to Friday doing it and then Friday night, Saturday night, sometimes Sunday night. You know, you're just escapism at mm. its finest. So I was struggling and then I actually tried to leave dentistry. Mm-hmm. Right, this was about wow. 2017, and I heard of this thing called Bitcoin, <laughs> and I said, you know what? And I, I was watching all these videos and all this shit, and I thought, you know, I could be a trader. So I actually gave it a good old go. Wow. <laughs> I gave it a really good old go. And in one year, I made a quarter of a million. Oh right? my goodness. Cold cash, right? Incredible. And I thought I was a genius. <laughs> I thought I was so smart. And then the following year, the market crashed. I didn't know what I was doing, and I just watched it all go back to, you know, my entry, right? Wow. Which was incredibly painful, as you can imagine. Then I realised, oh, maybe I am a dentist <laughs> you know and the bills started uh, accumulating then I started realising I was rich and now I'm not well I mean you know small fortune right it's a, mm. it's a big amount of money to most people mm. so back to dentistry I went and then I thought to myself you know what I'm really going to hit it hard I'm going to hit education pretty hard because I never want it to be where I hated dentistry but I never gave it my all mm. that doesn't make sense either right because mm. then really I've only got myself to blame mm-hmm. so I did all this CPD I think I did over 200 hours in one year like I was on it wow. everything you name it right endo bros this. just trying <laughs> to find my feet like what do I like to do I did all this stuff and then realised I didn't like implants mm-hmm. I was alright here I could you know you show me how to do something I can pretty much do it right mm. after a bit of tell show do yeah. can do it right you can do it anyone yeah, can do it yeah, after yeah, a bit yeah, of training yeah. we're not Absolutely. stupid right? dentists are pretty switched Absolutely. on but none of it was a fit for me mm. And then, you know, I'd, even restorative, I kind of liked composite, but again, it was a bit hit and miss for me. Like, I really liked what you could do. I thought it was such a cool thing. You could, like, build a tooth up rather than cut it down. I thought it was really quite cool. Just couldn't get it to really... I couldn't just be consistent enough. And then 2018, I found, that same year, I found the Greater Curve Matrix system, right? Mm-hmm. And it was... I was browsing the internet, dental towers, like a big American forum, and I thought, oh, Americans are cutting edge. They must know better, you know? So I went on there. And I wasn't having good luck with sectionals and all the rest of it, right? It just this wasn't a fit for me. And then I found this thing and I saw these cases and I saw this guy posting online called Owens then. And he was like the guy who made it and all the rest of it. And he's putting cases that are just mind-blowing. Mm. So I got my hands on it 
and started giving it a go. And I thought, it can't be this easy. But I, I thought, it can't be this easy. And lo and behold, you know, MODs, class fives, you name it, they all become pretty routine. It was like my little secret, so I didn't tell no one. <laughs> and I just started practicing and getting better with it and better with it. And my frustration started to dissipate and I started to really like dentistry again. I thought, oh my God, this is like really quite, it's really quite simple. Hmm. And um, carried on using it. Then about 2020, I heard Dr. Brown the inventor of it, on a podcast. Hmm. Again, the dental town guy, Howard and Fram. He's from Ohio, right? Correct, yeah, he's, he's, he's from the States, right? And so I heard him on his podcast, and he's talking about all these problems that we face, right? Like MODs, like one side would be light, one side would be heavy, you know, like a good contact and a light contact, mm. or like, you know, it's difficulties restoring short teeth or long teeth, or, you know, just loads of stuff, right, that I was just encountering. And he was talking about how, you know, we approach composite in a much much the same way we did amalgam, you know, put the matrix on, wedge the teeth, blah, blah, blah. But it just doesn't work for composite. It's not the same at all. It's really quite different. Then you're hoping that you take the wedge out and it all comes back together and it meets, right? Mm. With amalgam, you've got a little bit of give. Mm. Quite literally, it's unfiguratively. It's easier. It is easier. It's a bit, it's a bit idiot-proof. More forgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas composite is super meticulous, right? Mm. And he's talking about all this stuff and then he jumps on and says, you know, watch this. He goes... I do most of my dentistry without a rubber dam. And that's when he had me. I was like, what? Oh my God, like, what's this? I was just, I was just baffled, right? Because everyone tells you if there's no rubber dam, it's illegal almost, you know? And I was really curious. So I emailed him. We started getting talking. And I started sharing cases. I said, look, I'm getting stuck here. Like, what's going on? And he started showing me all these little tips and tricks that he knew. Obviously, he's been using it for a long time. He created it, the first inception, in 1996. And it only became a fully-fledged company in 2006. And then from that point on, they've had year on year increasing sales 2008 recession to them was like, what recession? You know, their sales just carried on because it just does what it's it says on the team. going and going. That's what it says on the team. So he started mentoring me, training me, and that's when just my career took, you know. Just... Did you go to the States? No, all through Zoom. Wow, that's can amazing. Can you imagine? Shows you what can... you can do. Well, he's a great teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 that's I think he, one of his callings. He's a great teacher. Yeah, he's a great teacher. Very, very giving person. Right? So I actually reckon if it was even on the telephone, he could have, <laughs> he could have explained it to me. And interestingly, I think something we had a bit of a bond and a communication kind of link. Mm. We really understood each other because he was in the Vietnam War. Wow. So the way in which he communicates is very like has an army. Well, direct. It's it. just very clear, concise, to the point. You know, not wishy washy. Like mm. sometimes you get you know people who who have good intentions, but they just they feel. He's very clear. He's super clear. You know, he's super clear, and that's how, and that's how I'm really receptive to that style. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, the rest is history, right? So then it landed in uh, last year, about Octoberish time. We're on a call. We're talking. I'm like, you know, we, I call him Denny, right? Because he says to me, "Don't call me Doctor Brown. You know, don't call me Dennis. Call me Denny." That's what his that's what his friends call him. I said, Denny. I said, you know, you, we got to teach this. Like people got to learn this because yeah. they're not really getting the most out of the system. Spread the word. Yeah, because you can buy the matrix and you know look at the pamphlet and all the rest of it, but you'll give up because there's lots of frustrations, like I had, right? And then I said to him, like, you know, we've got to teach this. I said, I want to teach it. And he goes, you know what? I want you to teach it too. And the rest is history. Brilliant. Yeah. So then we made Dre. Well, I, I made Dre, Diary of Story of Excellence. One of my good, good pals actually came up with the name because he actually loves Dr. Dre, right? <laughs> and he was driving home one day listening to, to Dr. Dre. And he calls me up and he goes, I found a name for the course. And he says to me, Dre, Diary of Story of Excellence. And yeah, that's it. We've just uh, been running in that direction ever since. It's funny, actually. We use the um, headphones in our practice for patients while they're having treatment. They're brilliant. There you go. There you go. We're not affiliated, by the way, just in case there's some sort of copyright infringement. Right? Do you still do the Army Reserves, you know? No. No. So... Finished when I left at that point. And, mm. uh, you know, it was kind of a bit of a, a sticky one, too, because I could have remained I couldn't full-time in the Army, like a lot of my friends did. Like I've got a pal of mine, he's a, he's a captain in the Barras. And is he an Army dentist? or No, no, he's, he's infantry. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And then, uh, you know, I've got a pal, he's, he's in reserves. One of the others is in the artillery reserves. So they all kind of went, a lot of them went that direction. But I had that decision to make. If I went full-time army, I'd be a dentist. 
Yes. So then I'd be a dentist looking at army blokes' mouths all day. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, there's probably something better you to do. You need more variety. Yeah, totally, 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 totally. So what would you say to a younger dentist just starting out in the profession as like professional advice and life advice? Oof, that's, that's a, how long is a piece of string, right? I've got a bunch of pieces, so where do I start there? I think, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of advice that that's thrown out there for younger dentists already. And I just, when I looked at it and applied it to me, I was like, hmm, that doesn't make sense, right? Hmm. Like, for example, they'll say, you know, go and do everything, try everything and find your thing. Yeah, that's that's also true. But, you know, they say the wise man learns from his errors, the wiser man learns from the errors of others, right? There's a bunch of courses I wish I never did. Hmm. You know, like I did these courses, you know, with big names on them, like King's College or something. And then you go there, you spend a pretty penny, and then half the mornings on smile design. Now, I'm not saying it sh shouldn't be that way, but I just don't think it was justified like half that day's fee for, for smile design. I'm a much more pragmatic person. Let's go with it. That could have easily been like a video lecture. Hint, hint. Something's yes, coming soon. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, so like there's just things like that right, where they say, you know, go do everything. I'm not too sure. I think actually making friends is probably the best advice. Have good friends and ask them and say, leverage a network and say, right, did that work for you? They'll be like, yeah, you know what? I did it. Didn't make sense because of the cleanup was too much. This, this, You know, leverage friends, right? But we're dentists. So we're taught in school, college, sixth form, uni, you know, you're, you get your grade, right? We're not encouraged to collaborate. No. It's the opposite of the army. The army is there is no one man band. Yeah. Unless you're like SAS. Absolutely. And even that's just sometimes, right? Even more time you're going to be in a group. Got it. But we're like, you're a one man band. That's your grade. That's what you are. But we don't know how to collaborate. Mm -hmm. And if we collaborate in uni, they say you're cheating. You know, it's very hyper competitive. Whereas me, I'm much more like kind of like, what What do you know that I don't know and vice versa, right? So I reckon there's a lot to be said about young dentists making a good chunk of friends, talking to them often, you know, not not being so uh, secretive and stuff. There's little to be gained. It's a very abundant world. You don't need to kind of think, because I did, right? And I'm, I'm speaking from experience. All of these things I'm saying, they're not scathing of anyone else. They're scathing of myself. Mm. And that's I, your journey. Yeah, exactly. When I had a great curve, I didn't want no one to know. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and then I started to start to share it a bit with people in my in my practice and all the rest. But they didn't care, you know. Sometimes people have got their blinkers on, right? Of course. They, they don't, they're they just not interested either, right? But now, like I said, it's a, it's a big old passion and share it with the world, man, because the mission for me is a little bit bigger than just like, you know, teaching a restorative course, right? It's a one-day restorative course. You learn all direct composite restorations, you know, in one day. And it is that pragmatic. Like, we've got people who come and do the program on a Saturday, Monday or Monday lunchtime, they're sending case that they've done. You know, like, it's, it's, it does what it says on a tin type of deal. But it's not just about convincing you that this is a fantastic matrix, which, it, it trust me, it is. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's about things that, problem, that are problematic for us and patients, such as, an example, will be overhangs, right? I work mainly on a refer referral basis. A lot of the time, the teeth I'm restoring are pretty subgingival, pretty badly damaged. And usually there's an overhanging amalgam nearby. That's not the patient's fault. Mm. That's us. Mm. So I'm saying the mission then becomes, how do we remove that completely? Right? Mm. So we don't cause that to patients anymore. Because you keep saying to the patient, oh, you know what? You're having too much sugar. Mm. Patient's not an idiot. Mm. Patient thinks, hold on, wait. So this tooth that you did two years ago, it needs redoing now. Mm. But all the other ones don't need redoing now. Mm. They're not stupid. They can detect, especially your disingenuousness. You know, when you talk, mm. they can, oh, I smell something <laughs> funny. You know, they're not silly. So we can remove that. You know, straight away, overhangs, open it, open contacts. We can remove that. All the things that are iatrogenic in nature that we cause, mm. we can remove that. Mm. So it's a, it's a big old mission. We can really improve the, the health of, of the nation, the mm. globe, you know, like yeah, that yeah, level. Yeah. Well, gum health is so important, obviously. Totally, totally, right? I mean, it's a whole interface, right? It's, it's resto, perio, you know, it's, it's all together, right? It's not just isolated. But sometimes we think of it as such, mm. you know, that, that they're, they're isolated. But they're certainly not, right? So mm. we really focus on anatomical contact areas so we don't get food back and we haven't got overhangs. And the beauty of it is, let's say you're really old school and you still use amalgam. Well, guess what? It works for that too. Mm -hmm. 
And the problems with amalgam, amalgams is you put a squealing on, like a straight man, you start packing the amalgam and it pops out the bottom. Yeah. Because you're really trying to get this yeah, really yeah, well yeah. condensed amalgam, which we've all done it. But do you take a bite ring after to check? Mm. How many dentists do that? Mm. One in a hundred? Mm-hmm. Two in a hundred? Oh, something ridiculous like that, right? But then we see it later. Mm. And then we see the caries and then we pretend we don't see it. Mm. To me, that's a disservice to the patients, right? So I'm my focus is really simple when it comes to my patients. I just do really, really good work, treat them really well, and that's it, man. Mm. You know, nothing that fancy. I mean, I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I only got an Instagram, I think, in uh, December or something like that. I'm such a dinosaur, right? <laughs> now you're catching up. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm trying to catch up with you, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting. Um, it's important to have mentors. Do you know what I mean? That comes from that. It's like um, important to have people who you can look up to and you can ask it for help or guidance. And, and then the other thing, as you said, is kind of like... We talked about how dentistry can be isolating sometimes. If you're in one practice, mm. you're in your chair, you've got your patients, but it's good to get out there, meet lots of different people. And I think even um, for me, you know, I'm trying to also um, make contact with doctors and other people in the wider wow. thing, you know, because it, it's part of full health as well. So, you know, I think, and that way, that makes you feel you're not alone. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Um, which is really important. Totally. It's almost like cross-training, exactly. what you're saying, right? Exactly. And, I, and I'll be super frank here, right? Some of the best business advice I was ever given was for non-dentists. Mm. Hands exactly. down. Hands down. Exactly. But we think we're super smart, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we know everything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I told you I was on uh, Alex Sharp's podcast and he talks about it a lot. You know, we think we have these transferable skills because we are, you know, high performers, right? However... I'm not too sure that what we learn in dental school and what we learn after, you know, these very clinical frameworks. And like, yes, analytically is very good. But sometimes the softer side of, you know, your soft skills, they're not there. Not they're not where they could be. Of course. And then you can't read that a patient's getting annoyed with you. Mm. And then after you say, oh, it's a bit funny, wasn't he? <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe you just didn't have your ears open at all. Mm-hmm. Right? And you was really in that kind of hierarchical, I'm the doctor, you're the, mm-hmm. you're the patient, mm-hmm. this is what I think is best. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes we give the patient, we'll say, what's your option? Yeah, yeah. But course. the patient doesn't want to take the option you gave them. Yeah, of course. So, of course. I, again, through through the training that we provide, we're able to give patients options. That mean that they might need a lower eight out, right? Mm-hmm. It's grossly decayed, they need it out. It's not hurting. Mm-hmm. You say you need a tooth out. They say, I really don't want to take it out, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. You say, well, it's your decision. Mm-hmm. That's not really an option, is it? Mm-hmm. Then I'll come along or somebody will send that case to me and I'll say, look, I'll restore it. That tooth still needs to come out might be a year, two, five, who knows? Mm. But it's got to come out mm. when you're ready emotionally, psychologically, financially. Mm. Isn't that a service to the patient? Because mm. that's what I would want. Mm. Now the patient's got a real option, mm. not just, oh, think about it. That's yeah. the worst thing. What do you want your patient course. to think about it? If you give, if you put a patient in a situation like that, or a person, yeah. forget patient, person, they, they're just going to freeze, right? Of course. And then we wonder why, oh, he hasn't done anything. It's his fault. He knew. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of a bit, it's a bit hard. Yeah, of course. Everyone's different, right? Everyone's different. Not everyone's just... Some people need a lot of guidance. Some people don't. They just need the details, how much it's going to be, how long it takes. Mm. It's a spectrum. What would you say to a dental student or someone who's thinking of studying dentistry? Would you encourage them? or And what would you say they should know before they start studying? Well, once more, you know, back to that network thing, I think they should go and speak to some real-life dentists and speak to a cross-section, not just your uncle, you know, or your, your uncle's mate. You know, that's mm. one, that's N equals one, right? Mm. Very, very small sample size. Mm-hmm. We need a much larger, larger, broader look at what's involved. You know, 
think what's more important actually i think is not exactly what the job entails but actually the working conditions and you're like mm. what, what do you mean mm. well there's occupational hazards for dentists mm. you know the number of dentists that retire early or have neck and back pain mm. but you ask them have you got back pain nah not me mm. <laughs> but we all know right because you can't even openly admit it because you're not very employable if you say my neck or back hurts mm. but that's a that's a big hazard so i'd say to People look at, you know, the things that can happen to dentists commonly, statistically. Mm. Is that something that, you know, you're happy with? So, for example, for me, again, being a very physical person, I actually suffered with back pain terribly. Mm. Right? Terribly. And the recovery, I imagine I tried physios, osteos and all the rest of it. And I'm a man who likes training. I like to box. I like to do things. It affected all of my sports. But I had to make the money because mm. I had dependents. Right? Mm. I had a mortgage and all the rest of it. Yeah? And then you become this point where you just kind of ignore the pain and you carry on, you carry on. Carry on. That's the worst thing you could do. Right? Because you're in this static position all day long. I actually personally, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I actually reckon dentists should actually probably work in shifts. It makes much more sense. They should go and work four to six hours. That's what I do now. Mm. I don't work more than four mm. to six hours. Mm. And then I'm off. Mm. Then I'll be back another day. And then you could actually have a surgery run on a shift basis. Yeah, yeah. You could have it run. We've done that before. Early morning yeah. to really quite late. Yeah, yeah. And just have guys that are coming in. Yeah, You know, yeah. you've done it. We used to have eight to two, two to eight. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Makes a bunch of sense to me. because, But again, we, you know, sometimes we think more is better. You know, we're making this much money, but if I work more, I'll get even more. But there's a point that diminishing returns. Mm. And for me, I'm not going to say I'm doing top spec work, but the stuff I'm doing, it, you know, usually nobody's sending me easy cases, right? If someone's referring, they're referring horrible things. Mm. It requires attention and it's got to be meticulous. You can't really get sloppy with it, right? I'm not saying we get sloppy, but, you know, it, there's a point to be said. If you're working over and over and over and then your, your output, your focus, your everything starts to diminish at some point. So, again, I think there's a peak kind of amount of time that we can work. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, back to the, back to the student. I think go and actually see what dentists do. Mm -hmm. Go look at what's involved. You know, go look at what money they make. Mm. Is that kind of what you're after? Mm. It might sound big on paper, but what's involved? Does it justify it and all the rest of it? And then, you know, realistically, there's easier ways to make money than dentistry, let's be frank. <laughs> yeah, I think it has to be a passion. And also, you have to be someone who... The good thing about the profession is it's very human, you know, and you're making real difference every day. Totally. You never think... Why did I go to work today? You always know that you've done something sure. worthwhile, you know. Um, whereas I would say there might be other professions, you know, um, that you you don't. It's not as tangible and not as human, you know, office jobs and things like that. So um, that's the good point of the profession. But um, I think, as you said, it's physical and. It's hard work mm. and it's a lot of responsibility. So um, you've got to take that and, and realise that as well. Totally, totally. And again, just back to just linking that back once more. So me working, that, you know, when I used to work six days a week, makes no sense to me. Mm. Right for me, it's just for my life mm. and how I am. And now... I was working seven for a Well, while. I can imagine. I can <laughs> for imagine. one long week Luffy. that never ends. Luffy, Luffy. <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day, right? <laughs> but, you know, it's, and then when I think about it, what... What I was gaining from working that way and what I'm gaining from working one to two days now. Much better. And making the same money mm -hmm. just through and efficiency happier. and systems. I'm very happy. And now I can train exactly. and I'm training regularly. You know, I'm sparring regularly. I'm doing the things I enjoy mm. and I'm not in pain anymore. Mm. Uh, you know, if somebody said to me, oh, well, you can earn double if you go and do four days now. You wouldn't do it. No, nah, not interested. Talking about that, obviously, um, you talked about training and things. So what are your hobbies and passions outside of dentistry now? Um, obviously, You've not doing the army reserves anymore, but what are your kind of hobbies and passions outside? Well, they're wide and varied, but the ones that I'll say are staples. So I box very regularly. Mm. Yeah. I recently sort of moved into tie boxing, mm. which is really quite interesting because, you know, before boxing is just arms, right? Mm. 
this is his not, arms and legs and everything. This is this is everything. This is this is just nuts, right? And you know, there's actually um a Burmese martial art called uh, Lethway, and it's like Thai boxing, but they use the head as well, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, can you imagine? So yeah, I do that quite regularly. I'm a very amateur BJJ player, like jiu-jitsu guy. That's like when they're wrestling on the floor. Mm-hmm. Just because it fascinates me. It's such a thinking man's sport. Yes. They call it the gentle art. Yeah, because it's using the body weight. Exactly. Things. It's very technical, but it's mm-hmm. super interesting. I find that really interesting. And then other sort of wider sort of fun things. I do like to get on a racetrack and just drift cars every now and then. That's quite mm-hmm. fun. Right? Cool. So there's, a, there's a place in the Hemel you can do that. I'm actually planning a CPD event huh. where we're going to go give talks in their trailer. And then we're going to go spin some cars around some Because you've got to have precision for that as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a big old track. You can't really get it wrong, right? Because <laughs> you just mess it up and start again, right? But that's quite a good fun. That's Definitely. quite a good fun. And then I've always been uh, always been quite drawn to like clay pigeon shooting and stuff like that. Wow, Just anything that's a bit like manual dexterity type stuff. So yeah. It's good. That's a wide range. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how do you incorporate your fitness alongside your busy career? So now, obviously, you said you've got a better balance. Um, do you go to a studio or a gym or do you do some at home? No. Mate, I train anywhere, anywhere anytime, in the dental surgery, wherever, mate, wherever. In fact, imagine that when I actually was in these practices and they used to see me doing press ups and like just the, on the door frame doing pull ups with my fingers, and they used to think I was a nut job. But at the same time, it's, it's my framework, right? And I'd have a yoga mat and I'd be doing my stretches at lunchtime. I'd go for a walk. You know, I wouldn't just be sitting in the staff room, it does my head in. Mm. You know, I'd like the banter, but at the same time, I needed to go and just get the, the blood going and all the rest of it. So, but yeah, my, my schedule now, I, I reckon, is a lot to do with. Uh, it's just a lot to do with consistency. So, you know, I'm up in the morning, I go, you know, go ablutions, right? Brush my teeth and all the rest of it. I'm out the door for a walk, come rain or shine. That's like my warm up, come back, train half an hour, 40 minutes, spend some time with my kids, have a coffee, read them something. Usually I read them a bit of philosophy. Can you imagine? I read my kids' philosophy. <laughs> and then um, off to school, they tend to go and then I, I hit the work, right? Great. I like to talk a little bit about the challenges that you faced in your life and career so what challenges have you faced along the way on this journey you know personally and professionally well, we talked a little bit a little bit about it obviously but yeah well so i mean professionally I mean, it's all linked right it's yeah. all linked right but professionally dentistry was hard you know i wasn't enjoying it i wasn't as consistent as i wanted to be i wasn't predictable you know things fell off you know i was like well how's this falling off you know and things went wrong and you know i'd, I'd, I'd do something and just fail you know that just really started to frustrate me and then the UDA factory thing was killing me. And then they say, you know, do the UDAs. And then this guy wants private. But I had this epiphany. I was like, but I'm I'm an NHS guy, really. This is a mixed practice. I'm really good at slapping amalgam in there. I can do that. But now he needs this really nice, fancy composite. When was the last time I did a composite like that? Mm. Over there, you know, quite some time ago. So then I'd be doing it and I'd be a bit like, oh, a bit quaky. Mm. And then I just found there's a bit of incongruency. Mm. So not saying that, you know, You've got to be one or the other. I'm sure there's some exceptional mixed dentists. I just never was. Hmm. So that became quite a stark distinction for me at some point. That Making actually, the change. I had to make hard. that I had to make that leap hmm. into into just where I'm gonna be doing those things that I say I can offer. Hmm. But unless you're doing them every day, hmm. how can you really be proficient and not and offer it, right? So hmm. um yeah, that, that But was, now if you think you made that change, yeah. Now look where you are. Yeah, totally, totally. I'd never I'd never I'd, I'd never go back. It's, sometimes it's making the leap or taking that first step that can be difficult. Totally. Yeah, and that league was a scary one too because I actually had a friend from uni we used to play football together and this was about 2016 and he bells me out of the blue and he says oh, I'm opening I've started a private surgery I've got another room I just want to come down and be an associate and I had had many chats with my other pals at the time you know we used to go for a drink or whatever and I'd say you know you ever thought about going private fully private and they go nah it's this and that <laughs> and everyone would tell me all the reasons not to and then it just it just never computed to me and then when this geezer offered it I was like you know what I'm just going to do it 
and handing my notice and I did it and I got there and I had like one or two patients per day and it was agonising. But at the same time, just take the leap, just get it done and just, yeah, man, and, and the, rest, the rest is history. But uh, yeah, but even when I got there, that was a bit of a rude awakening for me, private dentistry, because I thought, oh, it's going to be better. You know, we always defer our happiness into the future. Mm. When I get this, I'll be happy. Mm. When I get the wife, I'll be happy. When I get the girl, when I get the car, when I get the this, I'll, next year I'll earn more. You always defer your happiness. Man, be happy now. Try at least. But I never was. So in all of these presents, because the future is just a series of little series of presents that are one after the other, all of those presents, I went enjoying. Mm. And it was tough and da-da-da. So that was problematic for me. And then again, like I said, I turned to the bottle. You know, I was, I'm not going to say like I was... I how did you get through that? You know, how did you come out the other side? Of that, yeah, because that was... That started to affect my relationships. Mm. You know, my family life. Mm. Even friendships. Mm. You know, I had some falling outs with some good, good pals of mine who were saying to me, mate, I think you're drinking a bit too much. I was like, ah! You know, <laughs> get a bottle, you know. Give me another and, drink. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then for someone who didn't, who never really drank like that, to, you know, it's almost like a, just the elastic band went so far to the other side. Mm. And again, I hadn't, I hadn't had any practice as well, right? Mm. So I was just a reckless person, right? And just, you know, ah, just you know, slurring my speech and all the rest of it and waking up with a hangover, hating life. And then just did that on and on and on and on. And again, my training got affected during that time as well. Mm. And the, the drinking increased, of course, with the back pain. As that increased, got it. So did the drinking. So it was a multi-faceted thing, and it was personal dilemmas. We all go through stuff, right? But it came, you know, it came a point. I remember I turned thirty years old, right? I'm thirty-five now. I turned thirty, and it was, oh, you're old, you know. Everyone says this, and I remember I had my wife at the time. Were we married then? I can't remember, but she did a fantastic party for me, Mm. right? And it was in because I used to love cereal of all things. Mm. So there was this calf called Cereal Killer. Yes, I remember. Do you know it? And they did all the cereals. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) And there was one in. uh, Camden. They had a, yeah, they had multiple branches. Right, so she rented that out for my birthday. So all my pals were there and all the rest of it. And they had this, like, custom cake, right? Like Captain Crunch, but it had my face on it, which was really, like, cool, right? It was a brilliant one. <laughs> and it was that day that actually it clicked for me that actually I had all these people there that loved me. Mm. All these people that care for me. And I thought, mm. well, I'm 30. Like, why? who cares? Like, it's just number, right? And it was that day I sort of really, really vowed. I was like, you know what? I'm going to really make something of myself. Mm. I'm not going to have it where it was just I was a bum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, just because then that means I'm able-bodied. Yeah, yeah. I've got a mind. I've got a body. All my bits work. Yeah, yeah. For me not to kind of uh, give it a good old Deliver go. on that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Exactly, 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 exactly. And you don't want to let them down. You want to show them, like, this is what I can do. You know, it's more to show myself, right? Which is even better. Yeah, because because that person that I was becoming, I was quite short-tempered and all the rest. And the thing is, you're good as gold in the surgery. Mm. Because you have to be, right? Or you don't mm. get paid. <laughs> it's when you step out. You become all this... the pressure yeah, yeah. released. Yeah, exactly. Like a steam cooker. So it's like, you know, like Frankenstein. <laughs> and, I'm, I, you know, if any of my family and friends are listening to this, I'm really sorry for, for me being an arsehole back then, right? Exactly. But, uh, well done. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm not now, so, so onwards and upwards. So what would you see for yourself in the future in the kind of immediate and long term? I know this is a this is a broad question, but well, it, well, yeah. I mean, all right. So, so well, now you're really trying to get into my head, right? <laughs> so, in the in the short term, you know, the the if I had to say what my north star is, it really is bringing the greater curve to as many dentists as possible, so they can see the benefits. Yeah, whether they're a beginner and they say, look, I just need a foundation day that can really put me on. That's what they'll do. Or if they're a really advanced guy and they say, you know, what, subgingivals catch me out. Wide embrasures are catching me out. Black triangles are catching me out. Man, come down. You learn it in a day. You're like, what? I'm like, yes, you will. So getting that as many people's hands as possible, growing the training project to a degree, you know, that, that, that would be really quite cool. And again, like I said, I really think we're going to be make, I'm going to be making a, a big difference. And dentists who train like this are going to be making a massive difference to their patients as well. So that's quite a quite a big North Star that I think that, that, that guides me there, right? In terms of clinical, 
I'd like to um, continue doing what I'm doing. I'm just doing really tricky cases and kind of some of the things I'm doing, you know, they say it can't be done, right? Like, you know, full, full mouth rehabs without a wax up mm. and no lab involved whatsoever. And they're like, oh, you, know, you can't do it. I'm like, it's working. And then he showed me how, right? So I'm, I'm just doing it, right? So that's working. So that's quite cool. And then kind of medium term, I'm actually, um, I haven't really said this out loud yet, but, but, but I'm saying it, I'll tell you now, right? But I've actually, um, I've actually got a few coaching clients I'm seeing at the moment. Oh, brilliant. So that's something that I really, really enjoy. Right. And to the point Is where that just, like life coaching, you know, what well, I mean? not whatever, right? You know, mm. you know, you coach the person, mm. well, you know, if you say to someone, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yoga coach or I'm a this coach or whatever, man, you just coach the person. And right? is it young dentists or from all mix, or, mix, yeah. but I've got, yeah, I've got a handful of dentists, right? But, but more often than not, we're talking about stuff that isn't that, that, that dentistry wise, right? Mm. And I'm actually a little spoiler out here, but I'm writing a little book at the minute and it is oh, dentist brilliant. related. So that will be interesting. You'll get, you can proofread. I'll be reading want. it. <laughs> yeah. And then, so that's kind of a bit of a logical segue because if they look at that and say, you know what, that makes a bunch of sense to me. Mm. And they're saying, yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a hiccup. That's a problem. I reckon I can help them work through it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So we've got to stay tuned for that. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Andy. All of Sandeep's details and links are in the show notes. And thank you for listening. If you like today's show, please rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks. For more about me, I'm on at Dr. Underscore Richard Double Underscore or visit my website, www.drrichardlondon.com. This is a Pod People production. It was recorded at Spiritland Studios and the music is by Delhi Music. And we will see you next time. Yeah.